Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Prop Sessions. Today, we've got Tony Morris on the podcast. He is an international speaker, sales expert, author. He's trained over 29,000 salespeople. Yes, you heard that right. Uh, we were just having some great chats off camera about what he's doing with his boot camps with estate agents at the moment. Um, we've got loads to dive into when it comes to sales, getting more valuations for estate agencies, all that good stuff. So without further ado, Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Eve. Ple absolute pleasure to be here. I'm really uh, looking forward to add as much value as I can to your, your listeners. That's the thing, you know, it's, ma it's mainly estate agents who listen to this. And, you know, what I want them to do is actually have some takeaways where they can go and implement some of your strategies right into their day and, and make that difference and, and really take something from this one and you know not just listen passively but really get something from it i guess but you know before we even dive into all that um for you know for for, for everybody listening could you give us just a li little bit of the 30 second spiel so everyone knows who you are and you know the kind of caliber yeah. of estate agents you work with yeah of course so i've personally been in sales for 22 years i've never been an estate agent but my first client was a really successful agency in north london called green and co which we won 14 years ago now and the results were incredible we, we really helped them double their stock um, without spending an extra penny on marketing. So I, I learned very early on in my sort of training career that we can make, our training can make huge differences and impacts if actioned. Um, and I, I decided to really niche for estate agents. So to date, I've now helped just over 145 of some of the leading independents all over the UK, um, Marsh and Parsons, uh, Manning Staten, uh, Preston Baker to name but a few um, and I've also worked with a lot of the big corporates like Savills, Knight, Frank etc and, and where I probably added most value is I've, I've really helped them on their conversions and, and that's conversions in everything they do so from a phone call into a viewing a viewing into an offer an offer into a deal or a, a valuation into an instruction and in some cases they've actually doubled their fees to their local competitor. Um, and, and, and all I've done is help them position themselves better, tell their story and, and really better articulate what they do differently for their vendors or landlords. Um, it's been an amazing journey so far. I've, I've absolutely loved it. That one thing I'd love to go into what you just said is telling their story. Now, if you're an estate agent thinking, listen to this, you might be thinking, well, why do I need to tell someone their, my story? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm helping them sell their house or I'm helping a landlord, you know, get, you know, man, manage their property. Why on earth yeah. would I want to tell somebody my story? I don't care about my story. Um, yeah. But of course they do, right? And, totally. but, the, but the, I guess the question is, how do they go about, how do they go about communicating that story effectively? Yeah, so that's a great question. So what a lot of agents do, in my opinion, wrong, is they'll talk all about them. They'll say, we've been established for 23 years. We, we've won ABC Award. And the vendor is sitting there politely in their head thinking, I don't care. Yeah, um, so the, the, the challenge an agent has is to better share their story, but communicate what's in it for the vendor or the landlord or the buyer. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong in sharing your story of the reason I set up in business and what my passion is to help people move. But as long as that everything you share 
you are communicating what that means to you. So just as an example, you might say, um, we actually, part of the business, we want to make sure the service we deliver is as smooth and efficient as possible. And what we've done is we've employed what we call move managers, dedicated move managers whose pure job and expertise is helping the, the, the sale journey go smoothly. And because we've done that, Mr. Vendor, we actually achieve a 10% fall through rate, which we are so proud of because you may or may not know the national average is one in three, but if you use Morris Estate, it's one in 10. And, we, and, and so that's a nice way of getting across one differentiator, but what it means to the vendor. Rather than go, we have an in-house progressor, which is what most will say. You've worked with estate agents for, you know, a good amount of time now. So presumably you've seen some of the changes that have happened from maybe how it used mm. to be, maybe a little bit, little bit more uh, Wolf of Wall Street-esque back in the day for some, yeah. some cases to, to now yeah. how, you know, sales as a whole is, is changing so much. Um, how have, how have kind of you, have you seen a shift like that? And, and if so, what has it been like in the sales side? Well, I, I guess the biggest shift is the whole online presence, you know, Purple Bricks were the pioneers of the online model and many now have followed suit. And I do a lot of work with You Move, who are an amazing franchise and they're a, a hybrid because they do have some um, high street branches, min minimal, they're probably... 5% of their, their franchisees have a high street presence and the rest is online. And that's a big shift because vendors now can sell their house without walking into an agency. Um, and, and I think what that means to every agent is their online presence has to be exceptional. Their social media footprint has to be exceptional. And they've got to look, they've got a big focus about their reviews you know that that's been also a big shift now reviews were around 10 years ago but they weren't probably as important as they are now and i think before any vendor or landlord engages with a an agent they probably will go online now and look of what others had to say about them so there's got to be a real big focus about building what i call my success library which are video testimonials from my clients and i recommend all the agents when they book a valuation, should be sending out an email video of an introduction of their valuer, because often what we find is the valuer who goes out isn't the one who took the call. They'll speak to maybe a negotiator in the office. And it's been proven that once they see someone, they feel more comfortable when they meet them. You know, it's just one of the, the lessons of influence that Robert Caldini spoke about in his book, Influence. So I suggest an email intro video of the value going, hi, really look forward to meet you at your property. And then edit in a video testimonial of a vendor that's gone through the same experience as the one you're meeting. So what I mean by that, if, if the vendor is looking to achieve a higher price, have a testimonial where the vendor says, Tony was amazing because... Our house was on the market for six months and I gave it to Tony at Morris Estates and he got it under offer within three weeks. What an amazing guy. What an amazing team. So I, I think to answer your question, it's got to be about their videos, their testimonials, their reviews, their social media footprint. It, if they can really up their game in all of that, that's the only way nowadays they're really going to compete and have a different edge to everyone else they're up against.
So, so listen to that. We're talking about sales and all of those great pieces of advice you just gave are before, you know, the value even goes around, before there's even maybe a, com a conversation with the person who's going to be doing the transaction. So, th and there's a great book, by the way, guys, called Persuasion. If you, if you haven't read, if you haven't uh, read that one, add it to your list. And it's really all about persuasion but before you've actually even met you know what goes on mm -hmm. before the conversation has even taken place and that's really you know we always talk about positioning that's one of those things that's going to build that positioning you know because by the time you're you're now in the living room they kind of already know you a bit or, or you know like like tony said you're going to have the reviews that have already gone around and reinforced yeah. reinforce that so that's a really really uh, good idea and i love that so so practically, because I, I love to get get into the weeds a little bit as well. What does that yeah. look like? So, so you know, they're sending out a um, a video testimonial before maybe a little yeah. intro from the from the valuer, that kind of stuff. So, there's two things that I always suggest. One is every valuer um, should have an intro video, and it's probably a logistical nightmare if you you know you do a personalized one every time because some of my clients have got three or four appointments a day. So you have one professional intro made with you where you've got your logo in the background, ideally, or a plain wall. So, but you, you say along the lines of hi, Ebs, or hi there, my name's Tony Morris from Morris Estates. Really excited to come and see your property. And I'm going to explain what we do a little bit different from the rest of uh, the agents and how we achieve the highest price in, in the time frame that suits our clients. And then I'd use a line like, when we talk about how good we are at Morris Estates, it does sound like we're showing off. But when our clients do, it's proof. And then I would edit in a vendor testimonial. Uh, and then my final suggestion is I think to differentiate, they should send out a pack, ideally hand-delivered, but if you can't put it in the post, the envelope should be the color of your brand. So if you're Belvoir, you'll use that burgundy red or the, or the red if you're northward, the burgundy red. So use you have a coloured envelope to match your brand, your DNA. And the inserts are really important. You need a letter. I would suggest you have a biog of the valuer who's coming out with their picture about them and another testimonial. Have a meet the team page. I want to know who's going to sell my home and do the viewings um, and your move manager. And this is the key, Eves, and this is the gold. I would recommend you have your seven top tips of how to achieve the highest price for your property. And the final one, and this is my favorite, um, 10 questions to ask your agent. So what you do is you actually design 10 questions that they're going to ask you, but they're also going to ask your competition. So it's a, a great opportunity to highlight your strengths and your competition's weaknesses. So just as an example, you might say, let's say you're open seven days a week till 7 p.m. First question will be, how many days a week are you open? So when you say we're open seven days a week and most of our viewings are on the weekend and your competition go, well, Monday till Friday, immediately you trump them. And when you say, you know, do you take calls 24 seven? You move go, absolutely. Most of our viewings are booked in an evening, all online. So we do not miss an inquiry. But when the other, your competition go, well, yes, up till half five we do. Again, you've trumped them. So you're literally giving your vendor the questions you want them to ask, which totally positions you how you want to be perceived. 
absolutely genius. So you go and give that to them again before you've even gone round to value. So this is before, so just so I'm clear, this is pre-valuation. You haven't even Correct. gone round yet and you've already built up all of this positioning. You've already answered what their questions are. You've shown how you're different. So, okay, so presumably then when the value returns up, it's just a done deal, right? Or is there a, is there a strategy to that as well? No, there is a strategy. It's never a done deal. However, however, the perception is you're my favorite so far before I've even met you. Because the truth is, most vendors, even if they get recommendations, are going to meet three agents. That's just the, 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 the way it works, right? Um, but if, if the perception is most agents do the same thing and you're all samey, as a vendor, I'm going to choose the cheapest samey agent mm. because you become a commodity. So therefore, you've got to stand out and be different in every touch point. So if the phone call that's taken in the office and I create a nine step call that I train my clients on, if the, and that's vital. And if the call is better, the email looks better, the hand delivered pack, not only is it better, it's different because most people don't do it. And then you turn up and you take the, and you go through the, my five step process for how to present evaluation you just look better. So then when you say, look, my fees are 2%, which is double most agents, although they think you're expensive, they start to understand why that you command those high fees. And most of the, the feedback I hear my clients get is, Tony was the most expensive, but I get it. And he's worth every penny. And to me, that is such a great testimonial for your clients to understand that you are more, but they understand why you're more and more importantly, you're worth it. So that's, that's just a great tip in there on how to, you know, in raise fees. That's, that's such a hot topic, isn't it? You know, this, you know, it's no secret. It's been a bit of a race to the bottom, you know, ever yeah. since the Alliance came in, estate agents yeah. have felt the need to, you know, say, well, right, well, we're going to get online as well. And naturally what happens then people are going to start undercutting each other on price. Nobody right. wants that, right? It's not better for anybody. And actually, this is one really solid tip on how to raise your fees. And you can go and do this straight away. We literally just basically had training on here. Um, presumably, this is stuff that you you teach your your clients as well in your in your boot camps. Is that the right? There's two ways I do this actually, or three ways I teach my clients all of this. One is I work one on one with them, so I deliver bespoke training. I've got loads of clients that I, I've worked with over 140 that I mentioned. Um, I actually run every month. I run a valuation boot camp, which is four evenings, and I'm actually doing my second evening tonight, six to half seven, where I take talk through all of my strategies of how to convert to 80% from a vow to an instruction and to achieve double the fees of your local competitor. But for, for some people that haven't got the time or maybe the money to invest in those two things, I've developed all of my content online and it's called EA University. I'm launching it on the 4th of January next year. Um, so it's 90% finished and it's literally 333 videos, bite-sized videos, all broken down into modules so it would help any agent um, achieve the best results in every area of what they do so uh, yeah I'm super excited to for agents to start learning and and more importantly implementing the strategies that I teach 
that's definitely one to look out for. If there's a, if there's like a sign up link to that, I'll make sure that that gets put into the show notes. Thank you. And, and I appreciate that. If, is there somewhere where people can actually find out more? About there is. Well? Yeah, I'm actually the, the first module. There's 26 modules and the first one's called Mindset. Um, and I believe it's 12 bite sized videos. So I, I give a link to try that for free so that you, you know, ultimately you make sure you're comfortable with me. You like my style and you like my content. And at the end of every module, there's a test, a Q&A test to go through um, and downloadable course notes. So it really is online training that you do at your own pace but it, it's the way i've designed it it's really useful for the owner of an agent or the branch manager because they can see who in their team has actually logged in and done the work and they see what the results are so it identifies where the gaps in your team are and you know where to focus your time and energy well, well there we go we couldn't ask for much more than that if you guys want to try it out for free to you know get get some training on that we'll have that we'll have that linked as well um, Thank no you. problem at all. Okay, cool. So we've spoken about the very beginning of the journey, you know, before you've even had a conversation, your online presence, then what to do before, you know, you go to the vow to have the highest chance of, of getting mm. that vow. What about, um, what about appraisals? What do estate agents do to go about actually generating more appraisals in the first place? Yeah, it's a great question. So there, there's, there's a few things, right? Um, I'll give you my, I'll give you three of my top tips. So my number one, and this is something Eve that so many agents miss, and, and I don't know why they miss it. But I guess you know, you don't know what you don't know. So when you're registering a buyer or a tenant on your database, and, and I would never use the word registering, but when you're qualifying an opportunity, um, you'll find a high percentage of buyers or tenants who are looking to rent again are actually renting in your area. So when you identify that, what you should be doing is getting those landlord's details on the phone call so that you can phone the landlord and see, number one, what's the landlord's plan when they lose their tenant? So you can look to take on that instruction. Then number two, most importantly, does the landlord have other properties that we can help you with? You know, are they managed? Are they rented? And number three, does the, the landlord have an appetite to buy any more or sell any of their portfolio? So that's a simple way immediately to get more stock without you spending a penny on your marketing. The second thing really is about prospecting. And the, the good agents that I train and coach, they, they know exactly what sticking properties are on the market you know, because they do their research on all the portals and they see the boards and they go and knock at the vendor's door. And there's a pitch that I've created to, to massively increase their probability of bringing that property on, you know, onto their books and getting it, you know, for the, the vendor to phone up and cancel their contract and, and move agency. But again, it's all about how you position yourself when you're chatting to that vendor. And I think the third and final way is there's so many great online valuation tools now. One that I know very uh, a lot of my clients use is ValPal. Um, and as long as that call's dealt with really well, when you do an online valuation, you know, you've, you've sometimes got a number, not always. But when you've got a number, you phone up that vendor. And again, I've created a really good four-step structure of how to turn that online into an actual valuation because that's not easy um but if it's handled really well 
that often 65% of the time will turn into an actual valuation. And now you've got an opportunity to win another instruction. So they're, they're three top ways to just get more valuations. Those, those, those are brilliant, brilliant tips. And a load of our agents use online valuation tools, you know, that hmm. third step you mentioned. And one of the struggles is always, you know, you've got, you can get a high volume of leads, but what do you actually, um, how do you know which ones are serious and, and which ones aren't, yeah. right? That, that's one yeah. of the cons, constant questions we get. Um, have you got any tips around that when you do speak to them? You know, what should you actually be saying to help qualify them and see, see you know, by, yeah. gauge their selling temperature? Totally. So the online valuation, you've got to look at it like a first date. You know, you're not going to try and close hard on a first date because you want to get a second date. So really, it's a case of nurturing them and, and, and you know, and, and building up a relationship because the, most of online are curious. However, no one wakes up and goes, do you know what? I'd like to know what my house is worth. There, there was obviously a catalyst to create that. So my first question really um, would be, who recommended you to Morris Estates? And I do that because I want to know the source of every inquiry so I can start to know what part of my marketing works and what doesn't. And I'm giving a wonderful perception that most of our businesses recommended, which is a great perception. And my second question on the online is, and can I ask you, Eves, what, what prompted you to get a valuation for your property? And it's such a nice open question that forces your vendor to speak and really hopefully drives into what, the, what their real motivation is. And if they say, you know, I was just curious, you say, well, that's great. So if I come round and give you an accurate price of what you can achieve and you're really happy with that price, how do you see the next steps working? And again, zip let them talk and if they say no even if it was an amazing figure i'm not really looking right now well that's okay you know we're here for the long term what sort of time frames do you reckon you're working towards and they might say i wouldn't sell for at least a year fantastic well i'm so pleased you reached out to us you know and i'm going to share with you some ideas of how we help people like you over the next few months and whenever you're ready, we'd be delighted to help you. And then you add that into your pipeline and make sure they're getting regular, probably monthly communication from you, which will be maybe newsletters, some ebooks or e-guides of how you help other vendors or landlords and just stay in the forefront of their minds. So when they are ready, you are the only agent they're even going to think about phoning first. I'm grinning from ear to ear a little bit. Anybody who's a client of Prop Media's, um, you've just got the absolute golden phone script to, to really make the most of these leads that are coming through. Um, absolutely genius. I'm going to also send this out to everybody. So, and I'm going to come back to you and see how much conversion rates have increased by. That was that was absolutely genius. And um, one one more thing on this, just to circle back to that, I, I loved one of the things you said about tenant leads because. So many agents, you know, will say, oh, you know, we're running these, um, this marketing or this campaign and we're getting tenants in quiet and we don't want to talk to tenants because, you know, we only want to talk to vendors and landlords. But actually yeah. something you touched on was, well, actually, you know, you can still get a lot out of those tenants. Mm. One of the things, one of the things you said was actually speak, you know, trying to speak to their landlord. Yeah. How would you, how would you go about that practically? 
Yeah, great question. Two ways. So if you're speaking to a tenant who's looking to become a tenant again, I rent another property. The line I would use is, um, Eves, you know, you're, as you know, the lettings market moves very quickly. So we do need to have a quick chat with your landlord just to get a reference to make sure you've been a great tenant. Please, can I get their number? Now, you've got three options. One, the tenant will say, I don't know them. It's managed by X. Nothing you can do. The second will be, I've not served notice, so I don't want him or her to know. And you go, that's fine. When you have served notice, then we'll have the chat. And then it's your job to stay on top of them. And the third outcome is you'll get the number. And then because of GDPR rules, you've got to say, there's something called GDPR, so we do need permission. Please, can you just get permission for, our, for us to call your landlord? So that's if they're a tenant looking to become another tenant. If they're a tenant looking to be a buyer, you can't use that. So I would say at the end of the call, once I've booked viewings, I would say you mentioned earlier that you're renting in our area. I would love to have a chat with your landlord to see what their plans are. And you know what? If I take on their property, I'd like to give you a £50 voucher just to say thank you. What's their number? So then you give a financial incentive and, and, you know, as an agent, you've got to decide what that's worth to you. But if you know your numbers, you know what it costs you to win a new instruction. And ultimately, if it costs you 50 pounds each time, I reckon it's a lot more than that. You know, give out what you feel is fair. But remember, you're only giving it out if you get the instruction, not just the name and a number. So you make that really clear. And again, you've got to say GDPR we need permission. And my, when my agents implement this, I'm not exaggerating. Atkinson McLeod's one example based in the Docklands, and, and I think it was their Ballam office, they doubled their stock for lettings. They had 23 instructions at the time. And when they implemented this, they just got over 50 instructions just by implementing this one technique. So I, I was delighted you know, to hear those results because ultimately it costs them very little. Yeah, literally just the time of what going out and calling, calling through those leads and then giving them something in return, which is 50 quid. If, you're, if giving a tenant 50 quid, that's, you know, you'd, you'd pay that all day long if that meant you could acquire a, a landlord, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. And, it, you know, it's probably that it will be the cheapest instruction they gain or the cheapest opportunity. But remember, they only pay once they got the instruction. So, you know, I think agents would bite your arm off if I said every 50 pounds, I'll give you a new property to sell or let, they'd be over the moon. But so many people don't do this and they're missing a massive trick. That's it. Because we always talk about, you know, new business, how to bring in new marketing channels, new, new streams of new streams of leads. But actually, there's so much potential just sitting there. Yeah. with what you with what you've already got but then also to maximize what is coming in you you know even if you can if your conversion rates five percent and you can get that to ten percent you've just doubled doubled your output right just by implementing some of these strategies totally yeah but it's it's the key word you use there is implement you know there's one thing learning something there's another thing actually taking action and implementing um, and, and I always say this, that there's a well-known saying knowledge is power, but I, I actually disagree because you could be the most knowledgeable estate agent in the country. But if you don't use that knowledge, it's not that powerful. 
So I believe it should be implementation of knowledge is power. You've got to use what you know and, you, and you've got to make sure all of your team are on it on a daily basis. And that, that's tough. That's not easy. Um, and my best advice really for agents is to do spot checks because you can't listen to every call. It's not real. So uh, I advise my branch managers as a manager should be listening to at least one call per negotiator per week and play that call in a meeting and get the guys to critique it. And when you critique a call, don't just go, that was crap, you know, because it's not really helpful. So I suggest something called PIM feedback, positive improvement miss. So when you listen to a call, what things did they say that was positive? I.e., if they said, how did you hear about us? Everyone should go, that was great, but the improvement was who recommended you to us. So it just, it trains people to start looking at what their gaps are and also embracing feedback because I'm so positive and people don't know how I am, but the way, the way I am actually is I'm always looking to learn in everything I do. So if I win a deal, great. Why did I win it? And if I lose a deal, great. What can I learn to make me better next time? And I genuinely feel like that. So I'm always focused on what are the lessons out there that's available to us that we can use to our advantage. And so many people don't think like that. It's, it's just that mentality, isn't it, of always wanting to learn and just improve and, and, be, and be better. Because if you've got that mentality, no matter what stage you're at, no matter how good you think you are, no matter how good your conversion rate is, you know, the best people know you can always get a little 1% more and 1% more next time. You know what? The nicest way I've ever heard this, Eves, was about two months ago. I interviewed on my podcast a guy called Art Subcheck. He's an American sales guru who I actually, my first ever sales book 22 years ago was called Smart Calling by Art. And I, he blessed me, sent me his fourth edition sign, which I was, was I was delighted. And he said this to me. He said, Tony, nobody graduates from the school of selling. And I love that. You know, sales is evolving. It will always evolve. And the top producers of the top valuers, the top negotiators, the top branch managers will invest time in themselves, whether it's listening to a podcast like this, or going on a webinar, reading a book, whatever they do, they will invest in themselves because they know they can always learn. They can always get that 1% better. So with this state agents you speak to, you know, they're coming to you and presumably, you know, they're just looking to improve their sales, up their conversion rates and whatever part it is along, along their process. Mm. What are some of the, you know, the, the main problems that they come to you with and, and what, what, what are they actually asking you? Cause, and the reason I want to know that is because, Obviously, for the estate agents listening to this, if there are some commonalities between problems, yeah. maybe this is something that we can look at addressing that will help everybody. It's a really good question. And there are. There absolutely are. So the main common problems, I guess I can get it down to five. One is about the financial services and conveyancing. If done properly... That is such a big revenue stream. And just example, I'm not allowed to name them, but there's one agency um, who are part of LSLI. There's 12 brands. One of them um, have a few offices and they do a million pounds in fees a year 
from financial services and conveyancing. So that that's a game changer. So, you know, I teach agents how to triple their conversions for, for both FS and conveyancing. So that's one problem that most are missing. The second definitely is conversion from vertical instruction. You know, I my clients that implement what I teach, they get an, on average between 65 and 75% conversion of what comes to market. Um, but again, they have to implement what I teach them. It's not going to just, it's not a magic pill. They have to take action. Um, and really the, the biggest is being pushed on fees. Like you said earlier, that with the emergence of online, everyone is getting pushed, pushed and pushed. So what I teach them is how to position themselves better and different so that they therefore inevitably command a higher fee, but also how to deal with that objection that every agent gets, which is your fees are too expensive. Can you do something on your fees? And let me give you my number one tip, Ebs. There's quite a few, but let me give you probably my best tip when it comes to that, because every valuer should experience that on an appointment. Your fees are too high. And if you're not getting that, then your fees are too low and up your fees. So when you get that, my response would be this. I would say, that's interesting. You feel our fees are too high. Who are you comparing us against? Now, the response you're probably going to get is, well, Crap & Co, they're 1%. And obviously, you're one and a half. So that, that's what I mean. And I would say, OK, and just explain to me what Crap & Co are actually offering for their fee, what are you paying for? And hopefully they'll 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 explain. But a lot of vendors won't. They'll go, well, they're they're similar to you. Now, if that's the response, what it means is you've not positioned yourself differently in the eyes of the vendor, and that's a lesson learned. But I would then follow up with this. I would say, okay, so can I just ask if our fees were the same as Crap and Co? Who would you choose? Now the vendor will. 99% say you, because think about this, by saying that question, you've taken fees out of the equation. So therefore, the fact they've raised fees as the issue, they are going to say, well, if your fees were the same, I would choose you. And this Eves is the gold. You say, I'm delighted. Why would you choose me? Zip up. And now the vendor is selling you back to you. And you then say, do you now understand why we command just half a percent more? And by delivering it like that, the vendor ends up going, I get it. I get it. So you get them and there is nothing more persuasive than the customer selling to themselves. They can't argue with their own opinion. Gosh, so honestly, some of these tips I could probably put this up into a training and charge people to listen to this uh, to, mm -hmm. to listen to this session. Session, no, that's Thank that's you. a fantastic tip. Um, brilliant. Okay, well, look to 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 close out this segment. I've got some fun questions that, that I'd like to ask you. Um, Please. First, first one for you is: What's one of your biggest pet peeves amongst estate agents or within the property industry uh, as a whole? Oh. There's two. One of, let me register you on our database, horrendous, because as a buyer vendor, I don't even know what that means. And I don't want to be registered. I want you to help me. So that's the first big one. And the second one that I just don't understand. We, before I do any training, we mystery call every client. Yeah, every single time. I phone up as a fake vendor, landlord, buyer. I want to know what they're doing well 
and what they're doing terribly. And one, and in terms of the latter, I phone up as a buyer looking to spend up to a million. And I've seen a property on their website that's advertised up to a million. And they go, okay, Tony, well, based on what you've said, there's one property that works. What I'm going to do is I'll email it to you. And if you do want to view it, just give us a ring. And I go, no problem. And the phone goes down. And I think, are you mad? I've just said I've got a million pounds to spend. You have a property that I like the look of for a million pounds. And you didn't even bother to get me in book for a viewing. You just let me walk away. And although that sounds like, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. I would say that's 80 percent of the mystery calls we do. That's what we hear. And to me, it's criminal. But that is an absolute pet hate. Why well, I mean, that that one that one surprised me. <laughs> I guess there's a, there's a yeah. few agencies who can probably go and implement that one as well straight away. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Next one I've got for you, and this one's about you. I'd, I'd love to find out a bit more about you. When you look back at your career, you know all the successes and failures you've had. When you and I love that you already hit on the successes and failures, and, and that you learn from both, because I think a lot of people actually only learn from their failures. But mm. when, when you look back at your failures and spe specifically, what's one of your favorite failures or, or one of your failures where looking back, actually, it led to a later success? Yeah, that's an that's a excellent question. Um, I wrote about this in my book, Coffees for Closers, which is the first book. I, you know, I've, I've written five books. It was the first one I wrote. And it was when I sold software about 17 years ago. And I won my first quarter of a million pound deal for the company, which was like the, the, the average deal size was about 60 grand. So to bring in a quarter of a million pound deal was unheard of. And I was buzzing, as you can imagine, celebrating. And, and it was a very nice commission check for like a, a 25 year old. And um, they cancelled on the 29th day of the 30 day contract in terms of their get out contract. Um, but what it, and, and I felt sick when I got the email and it transpired that the competition that I, I won against went in and dropped their pants and, and went in at almost half price to win the business, which I just wouldn't do. Um, and you know what? The lesson there is no matter how good you are, you're not going to win them all. And sometimes you've just got to walk away and accept that you did everything right. You should pat yourself on the back. You did a bloody good job but you're not going to win them all. And don't invest time and energy on ones that you just couldn't do anything about. And because by getting negative and fed up about that, it's going to have a knock-on effect on all the other wonderful opportunities that will come your way. I, th I think that's such a good tip because it, it's, you know, particularly if you're, you know, you're on the phones, you're in the sales department and maybe you're a little bit short on leads this month to call and you know that scarcity mindset is starting to creep up behind you is that those kind of times or you know if you've made a couple of thousand you've got to remember that and you've got to have that you know you've got to, you've got to remember that there are so many more out there and, and have and have that mindset and, that, and that's how you're going to get the next one you know and, and you, i think hopefully and just to add to that, Ebs, on the flip side of success, and this is a small thing, but I talk about it in training and I call it the whale. And what I mean by that, a whale in my company is someone that would spend over 75,000 on training. And you never, ever know when you're going to land a whale. And I land two whales a year in my company, but every single phone call I treat as the whale. 
And the example that I share when I speak on stage just very quickly is about eight years ago, I met with a guy called Ian McLean, who was the franchise director of Belvoir uh, to talk about training. And I traveled up to Camden to meet him, Mornington Crescent, met him and he basically said, we do it all internally. We're not gonna use you. And I remember being a bit cheesed off thinking, waste of my time, but we'll, we'll, we'll allow it. You know, this is sales. Anyway, we stayed in touch, but I never worked with him. I then met Eric Walker, who's now MD of Martin & Co. But at the time he was MD of Northwood. And Eric said the same thing to me. We're never going to use you. We do it internally. Again, bit cheesed off, but we allow it. And about a year later, I got a phone call from Eric Walker saying, Tony, I'd like you to, to book you as my speaker at the Belvoir, at the Northwood conference, which I did. In the audience was a guy called Dorian, the CEO of Belvoir, who then booked me to speak at Belvoir. In the Belvoir conference was a guy called David Newton, owner of Newton Fallowell, who booked me to speak at Newton Fallowell. And on the back of that, I've won about seven or eight other clients on the back of just that talk. I reckon I've won around about half a million pounds of business on the back of meeting Ian McLean seven years ago. When on the train on the way home, I thought it was a bit of a waste of time, but this is sales. And it made me realise that Ian McLean was my Moby Dick. I just didn't see it. Oh, I, I, lo I love that story. And like you say, you never know when you're going to meet a whale or even what that's going to lead to, right? Correct. And I, and I, Correct. And, but, but you know, the funny thing is with that, and I, and I love the way you shared that story so specifically with the, sh the chain of people you met, because I think a lot of people might not even look back to even realize mm. that's where it transpired. And I yeah. think by, by having the, the, you know, by looking back in hindsight, you then realize, oh, that's where that came from. You can then learn, right? And, and then it comes back to that, that growth and learning mindset mentality. It's such an important point. I track, and I recommend all my clients do, is track where every lead comes from. So at the end of the month, you can split your revenue by new business versus existing. Um, and the new, where's the new coming from? And if I know 80% is through leaflet drops, then I've got to bloody keep doing leaflet drops. But if 1% is through leaflet drops, then I've probably got to stop leaflet dropping and doing something else. So you do need to know where it comes from. But that's, and, and you know, we haven't got time to go in that, that continue the chain of events, but it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Even still that I, I now work with the property franchise group training Winkworth and Martin and & Co and Umove. And that's all that goes back to meeting Ian McLean at Belvoir. And I don't think Ian even knows the chain of events. So it might even be bigger than the half a million. I've never worked out to the pounds, but it, it's around about that figure, which, you know, and if I said to Ian, meeting you turned into half a million pound of business for my company, he, he wouldn't believe it. Um, and it's quite powerful when you think about that. So it's about thinking every call you take, either A, they could be your whale, or B, they know the whale. And if you think like that on every call, you will sound better on every call because you train your mind to think this could be my whale. Treat them like that. And then, yeah, we, like you said, we probably don't have time to go into too many other things. But then, you know, if that is in your mindset, then imagine how your tonality is going to be on the right. phone. Imagine how much more excited and, and on the ball and sharp you're going to sound to that prospect and right. then what, what that could lead to.
Um, absolutely love that. All right, final one I've got for you, my man. Um, we're going to fast forward very, you know, good number of years into the future. It's your last day on, with us on the planet. Now, you've amassed all of your fortunes with, with all of your companies. You know, you've worked with every agent under the sun, but you can't leave any of that material wealth or assets behind to your family, your loved ones, your friends, any charities, but you can leave them with one piece of advice. What would you leave them with? Wow, what a question. You know what I would say, and it sounds cheesy, but I do believe it, and it would be, if at first you don't succeed, try, try, and try again. And I remember my late dad telling me that advice when I was a kid, and I, and I still stick by it. And in sales, a no is a not yet. And, and I really do believe it and stick by it, that stay in touch with every opportunity. Um, and I think if, if, if you, you might not be the most talented person, but if, you're, if you work the hardest and you outperform everyone in terms of graft, you will succeed. You put in really is what you get out. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've learned that the hard way, as in I've had to make many sacrifices to put in the hours that I've put in, not be with my loved ones, my wife or my kids, because I, I'm, you know, I'm working for them and I have to remind myself of that regularly. What a what a part to uh, finish up on the podcast for today. Tony, I really want to thank you uh, for your time, everything you've shared with us. And um, yeah, I look forward, I'm sure this won't be the last communication we've had. So yeah, I just want to thank you graciously for your time. No, my pleasure, Eves. I really enjoyed chatting to you. So thank you so much. And I hope I hope it was useful for your listeners. For sure.